Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers got boat raced without LeBron James and others in Utah. Anthony Davis is once again kind of fluttering to the finish of these games. And I have a question about the Lakers' organizational approach to the end of LeBron's career. In two games now, within about a week of each other, a few days of each other, the Lakers have given up 279 or 269 combined points to a Utah Jazz team that everybody thought heading into the season was going to be trying to lose as much as possible after trading away Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. 269. And this is a team, by the way, that at one point this year thought it could hang its hat on its defense. Woof. Uh, not, I mean, I could go into the, st- uh, the, the specifics of this one. Uh, you have... Anthony Davis going for 29 points on 11 of 18 from the field, 6 of 7 from uh, the free throw line. He was 1 of 1 from three-point range. More on that here in a second. Um, Outside of him, you had Kendrick Nunn play pretty well, 7 of 11 for 18 points in 27 minutes. Austin Reeves had 11 points in 30 minutes. Uh, Russell Westbrook had 22 points on 8 of 14 from the field interesting low interestingly though he was a minus 23 on the night uh which is a a i think worth kind of watching moving forward uh even as he looks like he's playing a lot better and even as he appears to be having a lot more fun um i it almost is starting to look like he's playing a different sport with different intentions than i think the lakers necessarily are Um, But let's talk about AD. So AD, for stretches of this game, looked incredible. He just, nobody on the Jazz uh, seemed to have any chance whatsoever of staying in front of him. He was getting to his spots however he wanted um, and was just, and and then, you know, obviously maintained what he's been doing defensively in the key. Uh, Problem is, Utah is so good from the perimeter that whatever AD is doing in the paint uh, doesn't really matter much (laughs) it doesn't matter how great the uh anchor is in the middle of a defense when the other team is capable of shooting the way that utah shot these last two games against the lakers uh but for him offensively it was another example of wow look at ad he looks incredible he's um you know taking only the shots that seem to uh, be the most efficient that are the most efficient for him He's really focusing on on being the most efficient version of himself. Um, and then by the end of the game, you're like, wait, where's AD? And and I think this is going to be a trend so long as he is so focused on efficiency. It's that difference between efficiency and productivity that I think he is trying to find the balance of here. And, and this is going to be, I think, a season-long uh, pursuit of of trying to find that balance right now, I think, He's playing a little too conservatively in terms of the types of shots that he's willing to take. And uh, that conservative approach has made him uh, easier to take out of games, as we have seen in these second halves. Uh, I don't think he scored in a, in a fourth quarter in like three games now. He's your 
second best player, best player, honestly, to this point in the season, and he's not scoring in the fourth quarter, uh, something has to change there, both in terms of the Lakers' approach of getting him the ball, but also, I think, in terms of his approach of his willingness to shoot the Lakers back into games when, when it calls for it. And last night, against that Utah team without LeBron there, that is the kind of game that I think AD needs to shoot the Lakers into having a chance in. Um, he elected not to when the Lakers didn't have a chance. So uh, this is going to be interesting to watch, uh, the, the response to this. He was kind of subtweeting the Lakers uh, after the game about what he can do defensively as the anchor rather than being able to roam the way that he was with Frank Vogel uh, kind of early for for <laughs> for subtweets of, of the coaching staff. But, you know, that's what happens when you're 2-8. and eight. Everybody starts asking questions about, hey, I won a championship playing the defense that way. Um, why can't we go back to doing that? It's it, it, the more that these losses stack up, the uglier this is going to get. And, you know, it's just it's getting us to a point here where just make the trade and allow everybody to move forward. Really quickly on Russ, uh, I, I just I really do appreciate the way that he has approached coming off of the bench um, his his evolution of a, as a player. I think has has extended his career here, but uh, for the Lakers right now, like I, I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that despite playing fairly well, he was the Lakers' worst player in terms of plus minus last night. I've always kind of thought that the further we go into this experiment, knowing that the Lakers aren't going to commit to him, that eventually the the consistency on defense is going to wane and I think we're starting to reach that point here with him where uh, I think he's working really hard in moments where eyes are on him and I think some of when the, the when the eyes aren't on him uh, he's he's losing some guys and stuff like that so I, I just um, again kudos to Russ for playing hard and, and all of that and it is really fun to see him play with the amount of energy that he's been been playing with but come on Enough is enough. Let him play this role somewhere else. On that front, um, I was thinking about this uh, after this game, and I've been thinking about it for a while. And, you know, there's no real easy way to ask this question, um, given the people involved here, and obviously given the person I'm going to be asking this about. But I find myself wondering if the Lakers would be this okay with this much losing if it wasn't LeBron who was the star involved here. Uh, LeBron obviously is not a lifelong Laker. Uh, LeBron obviously won championships championship somewhere else for a while there. LeBron was uh, the the kind of face of the league after Kobe and and uh, Kobe's, I think, toughest competition that eventually surpassed him was LeBron, um, and that makes it kind of awkward here, right? When when you're talking about LeBron's Lakers legacy, and and it, I do find myself wondering if because LeBron isn't this like homegrown superstar, uh, if the Lakers are more okay with well, we gotta preserve preserve what we're capable of. 
um, in the in the in the extended future after you, LeBron. I don't think they said that about Kobe before the Achilles injury, right? They traded for Steve Nash, they traded for Dwight Howard, um, and and they they tried to give Kobe one more opportunity to go out and and win a championship um, on on his way out, right? Event obviously that season didn't go well, but. I would much rather the Lakers go down, much like I would rather to I would rather see AD shoot thirty five times and shoot poorly as the Lakers lose than watch him shoot efficiently as the Lakers lose by that much more. Um, I find myself wondering if the Lakers would be more committed to trying to get a still relatively healthy LeBron James um, that many more opportunities at winning a championship. If he was Kobe, if if he was Magic, you know, um, and yeah, like he isn't. He he doesn't have that history that those guys had with the Lakers. But LeBron also came to this organization at like right after they had finished the ugliest stretch in franchise history. You know, LeBron didn't have to choose the Lakers, but he did. And, and yeah, that's a, a choice that he made of his own uh, volition. And he made it for, obviously, other reasons beyond basketball, obviously. But at the end of the day, he did the Lakers quite a solid by coming here and winning a championship, right? Being the centerpiece of a championship. He stamped the legacies of Jeannie Buss and Rob Polinka in making that decision. He didn't have to. He was a free agent. He, he could have gone anywhere. But, um, and, then, and then on top of that, he didn't have to re-up. He could have headed into this season and, and forced their hand and said, you know what, I'm not signing this extension or I'm not even talking about my future here with the Lakers until this roster looks better. Um, but the Lakers, I don't think, are meeting him halfway. And Rob Polinka said, you know, before the season, he's he sees himself as a caretaker to the end of of LeBron's prime, and frankly, he is failing most miserably at that job, and and it's really a bummer. Not just in terms of of watching as a Lakers fan, and not just because I have to watch this just again god awful roster on a night by night basis. But as an NBA fan, as a sports fan, um, I want to see great players have as many opportunities to win a championship over the course of their career as they can. And to this point, because of the way the Lakers are approaching this season and because of how much they claim to care about the 2027 and 2029 first-round picks, uh they are not giving him that opportunity. And by the way, like if you're sitting here as the executive, you know, the, the lead decision maker of an organization and you're reluctant to give away first round picks in 2027 and 2029 with the understanding that you don't want to do that because you won't be able to replenish the cupboard by then. Um, you're just not very good at your job. Like, <laughs> Like you, you can't be bad at both. You can't be bad at winning now and also be bad at building into the future. Like at some point, Rob, what the fuck are you doing? All right, 
that's going to do it for the ep- this episode of the uh, Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you check out uh, the conversation Harrison and I had yesterday about some of the Anthony Davis trade speculation that's kind of swirling around for some reason. Um, we got into that as well as uh, more on Anthony Davis's approach on offense. Uh, Raj and I actually touched on that after the game as well. Um, we also talked plenty about uh, the way that Miles Turner is playing as the Lakers just kind of toil in in whatever crap this opening of the season has been. Um, so check out all of those conversations here on this very podcast feed. And until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.